Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yes, that's right. Rise up out of bed. Good morning. Oh, it's turned into a real yawn now. So that was fake to begin with. It was a. It was not. It's not fake. Well, it was, but it wasn't a lie. Everything on this podcast is. Fake. I wasn't being dishonest. That was like a, a creative decision. <laughs> right. Is would you call an actor fake? Yeah. You would. Yeah. Oh well, no. Well, yeah. Okay then. <laughs> well, I don't know what you know. I, I guess characters like aren't real. Mm. But what about something like um, Michael Sheen's performance in Apocalypse Now, where he's like crying on the ground, and like that was supposed to be like his. Is that Michael Sheen? It's Charlie Sheen. No, what's his dad's name? It's Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. No, Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Michael Sheen is the one from Masters of Six. <laughs> he's the, not from Twilight. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like he's like crying on the ground, and apparently that was actually he had a heart attack. He didn't have a heart attack. Yeah, but he did. What? Really? Yeah. Well, that was. Would you call that fake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. Martin Sheen's just a real good actor. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where we where I'm drawing the line here, man. I guess. Yep. Fine. It was a fake yawn, but it turned into a real yawn and became uh, real. And like we, we when learned... Uma Thurman hmm. killed Bill. What? Was that real? No, it was. Yeah, exactly. Beatrix Kiddo killed Bill. Uma Thurman played the character yeah so it was fake it didn't happen well anyway spoilers for Kill Bill um welcome along to film franchise Four Nights, the only podcast uh Ever. where we oh. <laughs> at all <laughs> uh the only podcast where we AJ and Richard review a different film franchise every fortnight chosen at random and usually we drink a couple of sodas while we're doing it there's sodas on the table, but I'm not drinking any There's of them. There's sodas in my pocket. Are there, actually? Um, you say we're the only podcast... I got you a Spree Orange. Thanks, man. The off, off, off no, brand. it's good. I'm in the mood. Okay, cool. I got myself see. a Dr. Pepper. I just got to wrap it. Um, you say we're the only podcast that uh, watches randomly chosen film franchises. No, I said we're the only podcast where we do it. Ah, okay. Because I was going to say, you know what? I've never checked. I've never checked yeah. if there are other other podcasts. I know for a fact we're the only podcast where AJ and Richard do it. <laughs> anyway, cheers to to that revelation. Oh, I kept getting my fingernails under it. This is one of those. What time is it? Eleven oh four. Eleven oh four p.m. Richard and I um, to paint you you guys the picture. Mm. Oh, it's a very very well, yeah, audible both. sound. How are you? Are you feeling recouped? I'm fine. You are. So for those for those not involved in in our lives, the both of us just um, competed in a in a sleepless filmmaking competition over the past weekend, where we had to make a little short film. 
in 48 hours and um, we didn't get to well you know you don't get a lot of sleep Richard I um, compete in different teams but my point is it's now what day is it Wednesday as of this recording and I'm still I'm still <laughs> like got, got a few hours of sleep that I need to catch up on so you've had more than enough time I know it's just silly I've just been silly and now I'm recording this podcast in the middle of the night and drinking I, bloody sugary ciders oh my gosh um, anyway where do we get to uh, what? So this is... We watched Kill Bill, Volume 1 and Volume 2, directed yeah. by Quentin Tarantino. So is this a fa- franchise? I mean, so last last episode we talked about Nymphomaniac, which is another film split into two that we sort of, you know, claimed was a franchise. Um, but the, Kill Bill was actually released in different years, right? Whereas Nymphomaniac was kind of released at the same time. Yeah, so... All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, well, I'm trying to drive it. <laughs> well, you don't have the notes, buddy. You're right. All right, so the movies we watched are Kill Bill Volume 1, 2003, directed by Quentin Tarantino, as mm-hmm. you said. Kill Bill Volume 2, 2004, also directed by Quentin Tarantino, as you said. Um, oh, here they come. <laughs> oh, no. Is there a foul sounding one? Um,. Yeah, so the film was originally shown at the uh, Cannes Cannes Film Festival Cons. in 2003 as a big four-hour revenge oh, okay. epic. Um, so and so the decision was actually made really late. It was in, the film came out in October uh, 2003, and the decision was announced in June 2003 to, that it was going to be split into two. Oh. So, which interestingly uh, made the original teaser trailer which was literally just like a couple of shots and said, in 2003, Uma Thurman will kill Bill. Mm-hmm. It made it not true. No, it's true. Um, but yeah, so the, the the full cut of both films is referred to as Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. Mm-hmm. And um, it was shown, as I said, in uh, 2003 at the Cannes Film Festival, but it was also shown again in 2011 in select cinemas, and they've been trying to get like a proper release of it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um Features a longer anime flashback sequence as well as a few other minor changes, which I'll mention um, later on. Um, and also the one of the big big fight scene with the Crazy 88. Mm-hmm. It's in colour in oh. the whole bloody affair. Um, but when it was shown in 2011, some people were like anxious that it wasn't going to be... It was just going to be a double feature kind of thing, but it actually had the hard-coded French subtitles from when it was played at Cannes, so it was the, it was the exact oh. same print. That's cool. Um, what are these films about... We watched it as a franchise, as you would a franchise, though, as yeah. is tradition with this podcast. Mm. Um, and for those who didn't listen to last week's, or uh, or if this is just a random episode you've chosen, and you see that we did the two, literally the two only movies I can think of that were split into two movies. Yeah. This was honestly not planned. We, yeah. we randomly select franchises. I was against it. And the luck of the draw was that we went from Nymphomaniac to Kill Bill... In After a, in me ranting about Tarantino, yeah, <laughs> go back and listen to the to the to the Nymphomaniac one. It was a good time. Yeah. So, what's the what's the basic synopsis of these films? Um, okay, so it's a re- classic revenge story. Basically, Uma Thurman plays a woman who, um, on her wedding day, she's pregnant. Um, her entire wedding party uh, is killed um, by her. Uh, she her ex like mob that she was part of she's part of like a mob of assassins yeah. she leaves the huh the divas the, the deadly 
International Viper Assassin Squad. There you go. And she she ditches them at, at some point. They track her down while she's getting married and she's pregnant. They kill everyone. They try to kill her. It ends up that she just ends up being put in a coma for four years. She w- she wakes up and she's like, I got to kill all of them. The leader, Bill. yeah, the leader being Bill. So the two movies sort of chronicle her journey of killing everyone up to Bill. Except she doesn't actually kill two of them, technically. Yeah. One she leaves alive and one gets killed by... A viper. A, a mamba. A mamba, sorry. A snake. A snake. Just like me. <laughs> but so anyway, she um, an important plot point is that she... Yeah, as you said, she was pregnant. Um, she wakes up after a four-year coma and believes that she's lost her baby. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed at the end of the first one that... Um, her baby's still alive. Bill says to another character, he's like, oh, does she know that her baby's still alive? So the audience finds out at the end of part one. Um, the bride doesn't find out until end of part two uh, when she finally catches up to Bill and he's there with her daughter. And he's the father. And he's the father as well, which is revealed in the first scene of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, she's she's about... He, he's about to... He, he's off screen. He's about to shoot her... And she says it's your baby, and bang, he should. See, really uh, here's the thing: I don't know if you're supposed to hear her say that. Right. I had subtitles on, mm. and so it said, "Bill, it's your baby." But when he, she says it, there's a gunshot right on the word "baby," so she says, "Bill, it's your." And so I wonder if if you're maybe not supposed to know. No, I, I was interpreted it like that. Okay. Okay. Um, I've only seen these movies once before, and I was yeah, I was so a lot I, younger. Yeah. So. Mm. What's your favorite? Um. I think of the two of them, the first one seems to be a, a, the, the most complete package. The first one is, is like, cool, it's Uma Thurman killing Lucy Liu. Like, that's our story. That's our, that's our setup. It, it leads to a, to a point, and then that happens. I didn't, I didn't dislike Kill Bill Volume 2 by any means, but it did, didn't seem to take itself as seriously and seemed a lot less focused. Right. On, on, on what it was. It was it's kind of it like the first one has like a distinct theme to it almost. And the second one's more. Yeah. The, the first one's like a 70s kung fu flick. And then the mm. second one kind of tries to be a Western mm. in a lot of ways. But then, sure, it, but yeah. then has these like little kung fu bits um, spattered in. But then, yeah, growing up. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You're proud of you. No one's going to listen to this anymore. <laughs> Growing up, I was uh, like, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, I like the second one. Like, mm. and I'd be like, and because partly because I think I knew not many people thought that. Mm. Um, because the first one's very, they're kind of like the two sides of the Tarantino coin. Mm. One's gratuitous violence. The other one's, pop culture references and dialogue mm. and, um and i always kind of liked the second one I, I thought it was real interesting the dialogue and all that stuff and yeah. then it's not that i watching them again it's not that i'm like oh yeah the violence is real cool is it like i actually just really enjoyed watching the first one yeah, whereas yeah. the second one is kind of a bit more easy to get distracted and yeah yeah um and i mean there is the second one's like 20 30 minutes longer as well right um but yeah first one's just a really tight package it's a really good mm. movie it's really like i i you know 
spoiler alert, I was watching it on my phone. Um, <laughs> Quentin's listening to this and he's like, what do you mean you're watching on your phone? <laughs> Quentin sounds like Igor, apparently, in my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, he, like, I would, yeah, I feel like Quentin would hate that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, I... I was watching it for a bit and then I like... We call him Quentin, like he's our friend. Just tap the screen and like half an hour had passed and I didn't even realise, you know? Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not kind of slow movie. movies. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I thought about these watching... I had two, two kind of revelations watching these. One was like when people make fun of Tarantino, as we did actually last week. Yeah, more um, me than you. Yeah. Um, the Tarantino... When they, they when you you define like a list of Tarantino tropes, I feel like Kill Bill is where a lot of these tropes either came from or they're the um, the 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 melting pot of all these. Like what I'm saying is, I feel like this is the most Tarantino-y Tarantino movie. Yeah, because it's like the borrows from yeah you know action flicks, um, 70s action flicks. That he was obviously a fan of as yeah. well as like the pop culture references and the dialogue. It's a, it's a heightened reality and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Whereas it was worth to, to con, like compare that with something like Pop Fiction, which is a lot more grounded and gritty. It's still, it's still like stylistic, but it's like yeah, they, they feel like real people. Whereas people in Kill Bill talk like um, movie characters. Yeah, movie characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other, the other thing I thought was like, I have, I had no. I mean, I guess I always knew, but like. I forgot how much comes from this movie. I forgot how many pop cultural things that we parody now and make reference to now. The as it like zooms on their face and goes red before they they fight someone and they like if you had said to me what is that from a week ago, I'd have been like Kill Bill. But like I forgot your point. I forgot it's like it's like yeah, of course it comes from Kill Bill, but it would have been like. Like, I wouldn't see it and think of Kill Bill if it was parodied in something. But if someone was like, what's that from? I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kill Bill. Like, you know, right. like it's it's such a thing now that I forgot it was from Kill Bill. And it's weird that this these movies that I only really saw once when I think I was like 13 or 14 are actually real instilled in, in like what we make fun of now. Like, almost, <laughs> you know, like almost like how Indiana Jones running away from a boulder is like a popularly parodied moment and and what right. it was you know it's like the kill, kill bill is a lot of those those moments yeah. even just the imagery of it is so iconic as well like the poster with her in the yellow um like jumpsuit mm. not jumpsuit what is it track track bruce suit. lee the bruce yeah, the, lee yeah it's, it's what it's actually the same outfit bruce lee wore in his last film mm. um yeah so what so what did you what did you say your favorite was i don't know if i have a favorite they yeah. do. They just feel like one movie. Like they feel like one movie with a distinct tonal shift. I think the first one's a better movie, but I don't know if I liked it more. Right. Well, yeah, it's interesting because so the first one, you know, just going off Rotten Tomatoes, the first one has an audience score of eighty-five. No, sorry, a critic score of eighty-five and an audience score of ninety. The second one has a critic score of eighty-four and a audience score of eighty-nine. So that's... I think I might have said... Did I say 84, 85 for the first one? You said 85. Yeah, 85, yeah. Well, anyway, so it's... The second one is one point less on both. Hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah, but it's these, like... These it's like if that, was, if that was a full movie, you wouldn't... That's not enough for you to be like, oh, it gets let down in the second half. You just wouldn't realise it. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's interesting because the... 
one of the things that's not in the whole bloody affair is the revelation that her daughter's alive and midway through. Mm, I, was gonna, I was going to say, I was, yeah, I was thinking about that. Because, so, if you watch the whole bloody affair, you, you, you're like, this woman needs revenge for her dead daughter. Yeah. Um, and all the other stuff that happened to her. Um, and then she finally arrives at Bill's house, kicks open the door, has a gun on her, and then this little girl goes, bang, bang, with a little toy gun, goes, bang, bang, you're dead, mommy. Yeah. And fuck, that's such a good. Yeah, I like, wonder if that was the twist. Like, yeah. I reckon that's a better twist. Yeah, I wonder what the what the purpose was of putting it at the end of the first film. I reckon the first film just needed a cliffhanger. He needed a cliffhanger. Do you reckon it was? Um, it needed people to hold. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what a cliffhanger does. It needed people to hold on for a year to see the next one. Yeah, I think it's like there's there's there is something interesting about knowing more than the characters as well. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, but like that, the the reveal, the way it's done, of just like the I'm ready to kill you, and then just completely blindsided by that. Mm. I reckon that's such a cool twist, and it's a it's a shame that it's a little bit ruined mm. because that's not the original vision. I mean, obviously Tarantino put it in part one, yeah, yeah. so he knew what he was doing. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it is it is a good scene. There's a lot of good scenes in this movie. It doesn't feel as I don't know, when I think of my favourite Tarantino movies, I think of something like Pulp Fiction or Inglorious Bastards. I think those are his two best for me. And I think what's great about them is that it's real people... We sort of talked about this before. It's like real people having real dialogue and maybe a slightly heightened world. Um, but, like, yeah, I think you... This is Tarantino. Kill Bill is Tarantino, like being way more self-indulgent than he usually is and there's like a an, an element of cartoonism to it right. i guess um i think that's that's partially in reference to the kung fu flicks because sure he made sure that they were doing the effects the old way filling condoms with blood and stuff like that cool. um rather than trying to make it realistic so mm. i think it's partly because of and that. so i think it's a fo- i think i wouldn't change anything about these movies but i think by design they're not as good as his other but some of his other stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, they're a whole different beast. So where does this rank for you in his films? Um, I mean... You've seen all of them. I think so, yeah. Okay, so I would say Pulp Fiction's my favourite. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, I, I love as a movie separate from Tarantino. Right. Um, and Glorious Bastards, I think, was probably next. Um, I'm going to need a list of his films to, to read. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill, uh, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, One and Two... Uh, how many is that? Death Proof. De- oh, yeah. Um, Death Proof. And Glorious Bastards, Jango Unchained. Hope for that. Okay. I would go Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir Dogs, Django Unchained, Kill Bill, Jackie Brown, Death Proof. Oh, and Hate for Eight would be between... Hate for Eight would be after um, Kill Bill, I right. think. Yeah. So I haven't seen Death Proof, Kill, uh, Hate for Eight, or uh, Jackie Brown. My favourite's probably... Those uh, are his worst ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why yeah, I just had new year out of them. Um, yeah, I, I actually really like Kill Bill. And I'd probably put... I, I need to rewatch Pop Fiction to really have an opinion on it. But I really like Reservoir Dogs. And I really like English Spices. Mm. I wasn't huge on Django. Django's okay. Yeah. 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 Well, good. Well, good. You know, we've done it. We've, we've, we've definitive, ran- definitively ranked... We've both got our own opinions <laughs> and they're slightly different and mine's incomplete. 
So, fun fact about these films. <laughs> Just scroll through my notes looking for a... Desperately looking for a, something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you're my girlfriend's dad and yep. you're just like hey Richard you, do you how much broccoli do you want just ah uh, yeah just whatever no how much though ah uh, yeah, just a couple of heads couple of heads <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot oh I'd like a a, tr- a tree of broccoli a tree of broccoli you've gone up it's a tree I, a tree more than a head yeah well I don't know how much broccoli do you want Richard three Okay, that was pretty easy, wasn't it? And already, it's like it's like I wish that exchange didn't happen, you know? Yeah. And like I'm just I just so desperately want to talk about anything else. <laughs> so, in the first Kill Bill, mm-hmm. there's uh, miniatures of uh, Tokyo seen mm-hmm. at one point. Do you know? Uh, you know, where, where would you go if you needed a miniature of Tokyo? Where would to get one? Yeah. Tokyo? If you were making a film in 2003 and you were like, you know what, I need a miniature of Tokyo, who would you call up? Peter Jackson. No. Um, I don't know, that was my... Specifically of, in 2003. Oh. And specifically Tokyo. Oh, uh, Tokyo? No. You've got... No. Toho. Toho. You'd call up Toho, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, um, yeah, the, the the miniatures were actually used from um, uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, yeah. which was the most recent Godzilla film at the time. Wow. Look we at got, that. We got there in the end. Look at that. It all ties together. Yep. Um, there was, there's a St. Bernard scene in one scene. Now, where would you go if you needed a St. Bernard? Um, Beethoven. I made that up. I don't remember there being a Saint Bernard. You would as well. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Huh. Uh, did you know that... I feel like I'm not... Um, I'm not being as seamless with my facts this time. <laughs> um, do you know... Um, when not, you know, I pointed out to you at the end of the film, mm. but uh, it was scored by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking, AJ. Although he's a director, not a, not a, a score maker... But and they're you're, friends. You're right. Yeah, they are friends. And um, uh, he actually scored the film for $1. <laughs> he got paid $1. And in return, Quentin Tarantino guest directed a segment of um, Sin City for $1. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and they, of course, went on to make the only other franchise that Tarantino's involved with on our list. I don't know if you call it. A f- Is it on our list? It's got to be, right? Grindhouse. Imagine if that was next. I'd, I'd but, walk, but Grindhouse is more, is more than just... Those then just Planet Terror and Death Proof now though. Well, the, yeah, they can if you include the trailers. And and there's Hobo with a Shotgun as a Grindhouse movie. Yeah, no, and Machete. Yeah, and Spy Kids. Spy Kids aren't Grindhouse. Well, Machetes. And yeah, Spy but Kids. they're not. They're not Grindhouse. <laughs> they're not Grindhouse. They're not, by, they're not by definition. Imagine doing um, like it's like the spider web you have to do everything that goes in that web. Oh, so yeah, it'll be like the, Spy Kids to Machete yeah. to Grindhouse to Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh, the Tommy Westfall universe. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, I must have told you about this before. So there's a TV show. So apologies if you, if you oh, know this. this um, Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so an autistic kid 
dreamed up an entire TV show, but that TV show had crossovers with another TV show, and basically the result is that something like 200 TV shows take place inside this one. Well, it's like theoretically every TV show takes place. Yeah, yeah. Because of just crossovers everywhere. Hmm. Um, Yeah, but yeah, so Robert Rodriguez, um, for those of you who don't know, he directed um, Sin City's kind of like his magnum opus Hmm. so far. He's attached to direct um, Battle Angel Alita um, for uh, James Cameron. Okay. Which is like an anime adaptation that um, James Cameron bought the rights to ages ago and um, was going to direct, but now he's off doing his Avatar film. So he got Robert Rodriguez to do it. Mm. And um, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, as you said, are, are, are very good friends. And there's, if you ever get the chance or the ability to, because it's really hard to find, there's like a. Um, Robert, Robert Rodriguez has a set, he has a, a his whole network in the states on cable called El Ray, and it's um they show like old grindhouse movies and stuff like that. But he's got a a show called The Director's Chair, which is like him just interviewing his director friends. So there's like ones with like John Carpenter. Um, there's really good one with George Miller, and there's a good one with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, cool. And um yeah, they have this like big long it's like half hour to an hour chat. And it's it's really Robert Rodriguez is like one of the most interesting filmmakers I reckon because mm. like I I read his book um, uh, Rebel Without a Crew which is about how he made El Mariachi for like six thousand dollars and like five thousand four hundred dollars of that was spent on like the actual film reels mm-hmm. um, and turned into like you know one of Hollywood's like A list directors for for a while yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he's he like writes, shoots, directs, cuts, and scores most of his films. Wow, um, which is which is incredible. And it's um, but then he's never really made other than Sin City. He's never really made that like one masterpiece. Like, yeah, it's weird. I like a lot of Robert Rodriguez movies, but if you ask me, what's his like? You know, Spielberg's got what? Well, I don't know, maybe Spielberg doesn't have one either. Maybe Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Schindler's List. Or like Tarantino's got a got Pulp Fiction, right? That's the Tarantino, mm. yeah, movie. I don't know what Robert Rodriguez's big movie is. It would have to be Sunset. I guess so. Or Shark Boy and Lava Girl. He didn't do that. Yeah, he did. I thought he didn't. No, I thought he, he was attached to no, it. He did. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Robert Rodriguez is so interesting because he's. I uh, he did uh, from Dust Till Dawn. He did. Is like the other like quintessential. Ro- well, Robert Planet Rodriguez Terror is the one I would probably think of. Really? Yeah. That's is actually his highest rated one. That's good. It's a good movie. Um, but yeah, like it's better than Death Proof. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. I, I once spoke to to my uh, my tutor at film school about the situation. Um, just a little bit of insight into film what me and AJ. Um, yeah, don't drag me into this. How we met? We met at film school. I'm not. I'm, it wasn't your tutor. Isn't that the wankiest thing. <laughs> uh, we've got a film podcast. So we met at film school. <laughs> insight into our life. Anyway. Um, because I'd, I'd just finished reading this book about Robert Rodriguez and um, talking to my tutor about it and about how, and I was like, do you know, do you like him or do you, or do you prefer Tarantino? Because I, I, I prefer Robert as a person. Like you listen to him interview him, he's so like lovely and interesting. He, you know, cheated on his wife who he had kids with, um, with um, Rose McGowan from Charmed. Um, who and was, Planet Terror. And Planet Terror, that's how they met. Um, yeah, so that, that's not the greatest thing he's ever done. Sure. But, um, I, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, like, who, who do you prefer kind of thing? And he said, like, oh, you know, obviously Tarantino's got the better movies. And he said, I would rather work on a Tarantino movie 
because like you know if you're given that chance you take it but he's like i would so much rather have robert rodriguez work on my movie Mm. like he he's the better crew member yeah but you'd want to be a crew member for tarantino yeah i don't know if there's too much competition between them to be honest yeah i feel like tarantino is like in a league of his own yeah yeah tarantino was the first like rock star director where people wanted to interview him yeah not not just the stars yeah 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 like even like spielberg it's like you know he's he's sort of mild-mannered kind of guy pretty heavy behind the scenes but tarantino's he's got his peace signs he's got his like weird sort of i'm 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 gonna shut your butt down (laughs) interview um have you seen that i've seen the one where the lady's like why do you put so much violence in your movie (laughs) and he's like because it's so much fun jan Yeah, he's a weird dude. Like, he's there's weird. The, there's the interview that someone's like following him on the street. I mean, obviously it's like they're out of they're out of line doing it, but like they're just like filming him TMZ kind of thing, asking him these questions, and he's like, "I'm gonna kick your ass!" Like <laughs> he believes that he's actually like this cool, hardened like guy that people should be scared of, like in his movies. Mm. Um, he doesn't even play those characters in his movies. Yeah, no, but like he thinks that because he writes these characters, oh, right. he's like. Um, and there's a great interview um, with um like the cast of Django Unchained and it's like on a on a black network um and Tarantino like really desperately trying to be like you know gangster yeah. urban urban and it's um there's like cracked did a video where it's like subtitled with like what everyone's thinking <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> he's like you know I'm saying da, 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 and Jamie Foxx is like shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so Tarantino mm. love him or hate him I mean I I I love him but he's not the I, he, I feel like he's the he's the first director you really like when you get into films yeah that's what that's the stigma with him when you've when you've advanced to level six like you and me have <laughs> like it's it's there was there was a facetious comment by the way that i don't actually have levels in my mind but my like yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah you see i saw a meme today that said um when you watch two tarantino films in a wes anderson movie and it was like this guy being like i'm an absolute film maniac i love film <laughs> it's like that's yeah that's a perfect yeah, example is, yeah. of a director who yeah I, I, like it's almost like and this, is, this is you know almost borderline sexist comment but um i Good. say <laughs> that like guys watch i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, like get into films or like think they're into films because they watch Tarantino Girls. It's because they watch Wes Anderson, mm. specifically Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. Like that, that's when, when you're like, oh my God, I'm such a nerd kind of people. Yeah. Um, when it's like, I'm such a film geek is because Girls is Wes Anderson, specifically Moonrise Kingdom, Boys is Tarantino. Mm. I was talking to a guy once um, who I'd just met 
Is it, I can't remember where I was, but I think it was at like a camp or something. And he found out that I'm into movies and sort of, you know, have a have a have a film studies, you know, studied film and and, and stuff like that. And he, and he was like, oh, what, what directors do you like? And like, like you and I probably don't. You wouldn't have an answer for that question, would you? Who's your favorite director? It's like oh, I just don't really think about it like mm. that. Like it's I have directors I like. But I've I, transcended beyond <laughs> thinking like that. <laughs> no, I didn't want it to come off that way. Um, no, I don't know. It's just it's it's like it's like asking me what my favorite color is. It's like well, directors have have good yeah have good good movies and bad movies. Yeah. You know, there are um, good shades of all colors. Yeah, and yeah, bad yeah, shades yeah. Of all yeah. Colors. And so I was sort of like ah. Oh, you know, like, uh, I, when I was a kid, I always used to say I like Danny Boyle. So I was like, oh, you know, I guess I'm a fan of Danny Boyle. And he was like, and he he looked at me and he was like, oh, man, I know it's such a cliche, but I just love Tarantino. And it was this real earnest thing. Like, it was weird. It was like he knew. He knew exactly what we're talking about. He yeah. like he knew that it's the, the roll your eyes, my favorite director is director. But, like, it was cool. It was, yeah. it was like a real... Like, so, so, and I think that that emphasizes that you can actually like Tarantino, and I do. Like, yeah, it, I, I'm not I saying he's he's overrated or anything, but it's it's just it's 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 a two way. Yeah, yeah, there's two sides. He's to it. like the Christopher Nolan of film directors. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he, yeah, he's um, it's the, it's similar to like Rick and Morty. Where it's like, yeah, it is good, but like, shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this is as good as the amount of fans it does have, but the fans kind of ruin it. Yeah. Like, Tarantino is as good of a director as his acclaim states, but so many people get all, all up on him that it's, it kind of ruins it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it'd be interesting to have, to have a discussion like this with Tarantino himself when he's not on camera and, you know, wanting to shut your butt down. Um, or like you know, shutting you, like slamming you. Um, is that like where he kind of thinks he would rank? You know, because to him, I think all of his films are like love letters to certain things. Um, and so you know, if if he how he feels about his reputation of being this ugh, like the be all and end all of directors, or well, because to him he's just you know trying to emulate mm. who he thinks are the greats mm. and so how how does he feel now that he is considered one of the greats and he's a lot of people's intro to film because yeah. yeah like yeah it's like he's the first step beyond beyond mainstream i think is like if you know enough about film to to understand what a director is you probably said you like Tarantino at some point. Yeah. You, probably, yeah. you probably know who Tarantino is. Yeah. Because um, it's such a specific name as well. Yeah. He, he, Where else have you met a Tarantino, let alone a Quentin? A Quentin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except that episode of The Substance where they moved to Cypress Creek and um, Bart has to read the cursive handwriting on the board and it says Quentin and Tammy went to the zoo. But he goes, Juentin and Jami. Um, and then yeah. he makes fart noises with his armpit. I my my friend's dad's name's Quentin actually so my oh. friend's dad's name is Tarantino oh my gosh um, <laughs> we both we both have a friend whose dad is Quentin Tarantino <laughs> um yeah Tarantino's kind of an enigma because I don't know he's like <sighs> just got puffed moving in my seat um <laughs> yeah no he's like um. Like Rick and Morty, and like I think I might have said it last week, but like Radiohead, oh yeah, but but I feel like there are definitely fans of 
Tarantino, whereas I don't think Radiohead has any fans. Maybe people just say that they're fans of Radiohead. Sound cool. That's my theory. I'm yet to be proven wrong. Do you if you're think, a fan of Radiohead, comment. Do you think... Um, nah. I was going to try... Oh, I'll just tell you what I was going to try to do. That's good content, right? I was going to try to make like a pun out of Uma Thurman's name and the uh, taste sense I've recently found out as Umami. Okay. You know what I mean? Do you know about umami? No. So umami is like the the fifth or sixth dominant taste you have. So salty sweet, umami is one of them. What is it? It's like uh, you would describe cheese as umami. You would describe meat as umami. Like a real Moorish savory. No, not dairy. Like a savory. Like salt. Not not salty though, just savory. Okay. Like Marmite is like the extreme version of umami. Okay. Speaking of umami, which sounds like a kind of sushi, hmm. um, it's an interesting thing. So, um, umami Thurman, <laughs> you did it, you pulled it off against all odds. Um, there's an interesting thing I read that um, Uber, uh, the bride goes to um, Okinawa mm-hmm. in Japan to get a sword from uh, Hattori Hanzo, mm-hmm. um, who's retired, doesn't make swords anymore, and he says a um. He just has a little sushi, sushi shop. Uh, essentially, apparently, uh, Okinawa is like widely considered to be the worst place in Japan to get sushi. <laughs> so it's like it's a good idea for him to set up a sushi shop there because he's not going to get bothered. Oh, yeah. Because no one wants to buy sushi in Okinawa. It's apparently also, um, I, I was told this by the person I was watching Kill Bill Volume 1 with last night, that... Um, Japanese steel is actually the worst steel. <laughs> and so he sells her, he makes her a sword and it's supposed to be like, you know, the Japanese steel and apparently Japanese steel is real bad, but maybe that's not true. But. Well, I mean, uh, I, whether or not Japanese steel, I think it's Hanzo's steel is the oh, best. True, though. true. Um, what, there's, so there's one scene I really liked in this movie, apart from that one, the scene where she meets Hanzo is real cool. Yeah. Um, but I really liked, I really liked when she kills Bill. Oh yeah, spoilers. Um, Sorry, and, spoilers for Kill Bill. And she does she does something called the Five Finger Death Punch or something like that. No, that's a band. No, Five what? Finger Death. That's the um, Five Point Palm Exploding Heart Technique. Okay, so she she like pricks his chest five times, and it means I think that, I got that wrong, but yeah. it means that when he takes five steps, his, his heart will explode. And he does, and she does it, and he's like, "Oh, you you know, you've got me." And then they just have this re- real, like, kind of heart to heart moment. Yeah, and it was real, like, man, where he's like, "You were my favorite person." Yeah, but you yeah. Can sometimes be a massive c word. Yeah, and it's this. It was real sweet. It was like it was like this is this is that realism that none of the, the rest of the movie kind of shies away from which is fine but it's like it's this cool little tender moment of like someone you love and hate at the same time yeah they genuinely do love each other yeah yeah but they also hate each other for various mm. reasons mm. yeah no it's a yeah namely he, he tried to murder her yeah <laughs> water under the bridge am I right um yeah I'm glad you brought that up actually because I was going to mention that as well um speaking of loving and hating more mm. specifically hating uh, yeah, Uma Thurman hates these movies. Hates um, no, you know, I, and uh, Daryl Hannah, who played Al Driver, one yeah. of the um, things. They could not stand each other. Um, apparently, they made they like made an effort to talk to like hotel and cinema staff to make sure that they would not have to see each other during any press for these movies. Wow, because they just like couldn't stand each other. Um, they were 
like they ordered to have separate areas from each other at the like premieres after party and um they won best fight at the 2005 mtv movie awards and only daryl hannah attended um and she Irma thurman collected the award for best fight a year earlier for um one of her fights in kill volume one but yeah they did not like each other strange wonder why we like finding out that two people hate each other that much it's like one of you has to be an asshole yeah yeah something had to have happened yeah and i'm calling it on daryl hannah because she's in less of the movie than uma thurman so therefore uma thurman would be around more people who haven't outspokenly said they hated her yeah true <laughs> um well to be fair um you know before sunset mm-hmm. with the you know for, for those who haven't seen it before sunrise before sunset before midnight is a trilogy of movies about um ethan Hawke and julie delpy um their romance blossoming mm-hmm. um with nine year intervals between the films um the second one is about ethan Hawke leaving a marriage and he was married to Irma Thurman at the time right. and well, was going through a divorce with Irma Thurman and was, so it's, it's quite heavily based on that. Right. So, you know, maybe she's not Another perfect. strike against Irma Thurman. <laughs> and I know so little about Daryl Hannah to like find any other strikes against her. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that, that's quite interesting that, um, yeah, cause, cause it was very keen. And I almost want to say that like Irma Thurman sued. Or something like that. that you have to fact check that. You no, know, let's just say it, man. Who <laughs> <Who laughs> sued Ethan Hawke for defamation? Oh my gosh! I know. What a, what a fact. <laughs> what a real thing that happened. Um, yeah, it was because that, that was all a very personal move for them to write. Leave a comment below. Are you Team Thurman or Team Hannah? Or Team Hawke? I'm Team Hawke. I love team, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I just want to be Team Hawke though. Yeah, that's the coolest one. What's well, Hawke? Yeah. What's a Thurman? Sounds like a thermos. <laughs> what's, team, a, what's a Hannah? Team thermos. <laughs> Uma th- umami thermos. It's where you keep your cheese the same temperature. <laughs> or your meat. <laughs> or marmite. Yeah, like. well, marmite would be the ultimate example. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Uma Thurman as well. Just mm-hmm. Let's just pry into her personal the life a bit more. Um, she got pregnant. Oh, no. Uh, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> she got a pretty bad case of pregnancy, and um, they had to delay production. And um, Tarantino delayed production, stating, if Joseph, Joseph von Sternberg is getting ready to make Morocco and Marlene Dietrich gets pregnant, he waits for Dietrich. I'm Which not- obviously is like a hilarious <laughs> reference that both of us get that, since we both went to film school. Um you know, obviously, if you don't know who those people are, um, you probably like Quentin Tarantino. You probably like Quentin Tarantino because that's all you. Do you think? Know um, about film. Do you think whenever they needed uh, Uma Thurman on set and she was like off off at the craft table or something, <laughs> Tarantino was like, "Thermostat." <laughs> no, you don't think that happened? No, oh. they dated for a while, didn't they? I don't know. Why they, would I know these things? They, they were pretty close. <laughs> Um, been dated. I'm, I think I'm pretty sure they might have. He's married now, as we um, discussed. And it's not to Zoe Bell against all speculation. Was there speculation? Well, I speculated. Cast, <laughs> cast her in all his, all his films and she's not very good. 
Oh, she's a good stunt woman. She oh, was, yeah. she was okay. Uma's stunt woman on this. I think that's you how can't she just got put a Tarantino's. New Zealand character in something. <laughs> it's weird. And in the Hateful Eight, she's in the Hateful Eight. Yeah, and they talk about Auckland in the Hateful Eight. Right, I've never, I haven't seen the Hateful so, Eight. So, but the Hateful Eight said like New Zealand would have like just been discovered. I don't think <laughs> Auckland was settled yet. Yeah, and they talk about Auckland in it. <laughs> that's real weird. It's weird when when not only because like when New Zealand gets mentioned, it's like hell yeah but auckland's real weird like yeah, in um yeah. the end of awful wall street mm. they're like let's give a big auckland new zealand welcome to jordan belfort and it's actually the real jordan belfort saying that but um yeah it's real weird i was mm. like you know just when you like just you know how like you just like start hitting the person next to you <laughs> maybe you're excited but i like wasn't watching it i was just sitting by myself at the cinema mm. just smacking everyone why were you by yourself because oh, i heard it was a real sexy movie no, nah, I was actually with my sister. <laughs> um, I was, it's funny. I was with my sister. Uh, we went to go see Wolf of Wall Street, and one of it's just a random personal story. One of her friends saw her. Uh, no, one of her boyfriend's friends saw her and was like, "Dude, your girlfriend's in the movies with another guy." <laughs> that was me. Um, so he's obviously not a very good friend if he doesn't know what I look like. Mm, classic, classic gag. So, there has been talk of a third Kibble movie. Kibble. Kibble. So. Carl Bill. (laughs) Get rid of all the bills. Um, Yeah, he, Tarantino talked about pretty soon afterwards was like, you know, I'm I'm keen to do a third one, but I want to give them a little bit of a break. Maybe I'll do it in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, 10 years past. No, but 2009, he said, yeah, I'm still keen to do it. Um, I've got a couple ideas. Uh, and then, yeah, he sort of said again. And then around the time of Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, he was like, ah, I'll do a horror movie. Ah, no, nah, I'm not going to do a couple of three. <laughs> so I guess it's not happening. But I heard that. He, in 2000, I think it was 2009, he like, or like, or maybe in 2011, sorry, I don't know. He, like, um, someone asked, a French reporter asked him about, um, Kill Bill and he's like ah oh, you haven't asked me about the third one and they're like oh you're making a third one he's like the bride will ride again <laughs> or like so, or something lame like that and then you know a I remember okay fun story let's go let's go real in depth yeah my parents they used to be part of something called Amway do you know what Amway is I do not it's like the it's like a religion or a cult but with business it's like pyramid schemes right it's where okay. pyramid schemes come from Right. But I don't think... I think Amway's legit. It's just if you were to parody Amway, you would say it's a pyramid scheme. Right, okay. So I... This is like... Until I was like nine, my whole life was... Amway. My parents were part of Amway. And we used to go on, on retreats where we'd be there with like people who are way more successful than my parents in Amway. And I remember there was this one guy. His name was Craig. And his wife is who my sister's middle name... Is comes from what's what's her middle name? Janie, Janie, Craig what? and Janie. If you're listening, <laughs> flip. Never thought I'd ever be bringing up these random people <laughs> on this podcast. Um, they, I remember that. So that we would go to these camps, right? These Amway camps, and um, they had they would have movie nights. I remember watching Minority Report in Living Springs um, as a movie night, uh, and apparently, that I think they watched Kill Bill one time. Yeah. And I remember um, Craig going up to my dad and being like, yeah, so they're going to they're do volume three. And dad was like, oh, yeah, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the little girl who, um, who 
uh, Uma Thurman kills her mum right at the start. Vanilla, yeah, yeah, it's Nikki. It's, it's Nikki. It's going to be about her. She's the, and Tarantino's waiting for her to grow up so you can cast the same actress. You know that that sounds like a bullshit. Yeah, like just oh, Craig making shit up. That's Craig. actually true. That's that's true. Tarantino said okay. that's what that was one of his plans. Um, was we are waiting for Nikki to grow up because he and he and it's quite. He said Nikki needs her revenge. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sounds like a good man, that Craig. His, no, he was a good man. He was involved in a cult. It was cool. No, it wasn't a cult. It was just he was successful in it. So, Craig, Janie, if you're listening, <laughs> you were involved in a cult. No skin off his nose. Like my parents aren't in Amway anymore. Not that that's a good thing or a cult. bad thing. I don't want to paint them in any particular light. I don't yeah. want to paint them in a bad light, but I neither want to paint them in a good light. Right, your parents. No, Amway. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It could be fine because like, your parents aren't canon on the podcast yet. So. No. I'm um, sure they are. We've talked about appearance all the yeah, time. Yeah, we, we actually, yeah. We know that our mums do not like us talking about penises and vaginas. Well, my parents don't listen anymore for that reason. Because of how much yeah. you talked about it. Yeah, I don't know if my... Uh, yeah, my mum does. Anyway, well, I guess that can't be my continue the franchise then if it was an Was that what thing. it was going to be? Well, I mean, it wasn't going to be that, but I couldn't think of anything. So I've got a bunch of joke ones. Okay, what are they? Kill Gil. Oh jeez, you can't kill Gil. There's an episode of Simpsons called Kill Gil Volumes Damn, One and Two. I, I can't even do that. Um, should we? T- if this is your first time listening, uh, this is a segment where we try to continue the franchise in whatever way, shape, or form we choose. All right, here's here's some I thought of. Um, kill Bill still. <laughs> Bill's still alive. <laughs> she still has to kill him. Um, kill Will, and it's Will Smith. <laughs> Um, Killy Billy, and it's like a kid's version. Right. I like that one, actually. I think I might go Killy Billy. All right. Killy Billy. It's like a kid's friendly version. It's about, instead of murder, it's like, you took my, my orange juice. Right. Or like, all right, I'll, I'll try to out with another couple of joke ones. Okay. Kill Bill. Yep. Cosby. Oh, don't. Or do. Or do. I mean, he's, probably doesn't deserve to die, but. No, no one deserves to die. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, except for Michael Mason's character, because he explicitly states that he deserves to die. Yeah. Um, kill Willie. Go a couple ways with that. Groundskeeper <laughs> Willie. Yeah. Or Free Willie. Okay. You know, well, it's a whaling movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie about whaling. What? Blackfish too. I've got one. Blackfish too. Kill Willie. I've got one. What? Bill Kill. And someone is. Got their billing. What about Bill Bill? And it's it's about a, a guy who's like, I've got this bill for, for a guy named Bill. I don't know where he is. It's the same exact movie, but instead of killing him at the end, she's like, Here's your bill. Like, you need to pay this. He gets audited. <laughs> That's mine. Bill Bill. <laughs> um, Thrill Bill. Okay. Just show him a real good time. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shrill Bill. It's really loud and piercing. <laughs> Just the yeah, Bill Bill's wife, am I right? Mm. Um, Shill Bill, mm-hmm. yeah, just trying to try and real hard to sell Bill. Still Bill, you know. After all these years, finding Bill, mm. Bill in real life. Um, sixteen Campbells. <laughs> what? Sixteen candles. But why is it Campbells? Can Bills? Oh right. 
Right. Campbell's soup. <laughs> do you have a do you have an actual idea or do you not? Um I was yeah, I was going to go with, with one of the loose threads cuz you know you could there's some merit in seeing the bride and BB again. Hmm. Do you um, think maybe if it's if it's Nikki's story, so Nikki is the daughter of the first person that you first see first of the vipers that she kills. Yeah, yeah. Vanita Green. Um Vivica A. Fox. Um so do you think you could do a Kill Bill sequel where it's Nikki chasing the bride? Kill, kill kiddo. Kill kiddo. Well, you'd call it Kill Bill Volume 3. Why not? Sure. Um, But then what if there's Kill Bill Volume 4 where it's BB tracing down Nikki for killing her mum? And it's just this... BB is is Uma Thurman's daughter in the movie. Um, You know, imagine if it's that and it's just this eternal depressing cycle of Mm. killing each other for revenge. And it all stems from Bill. Grill Bill? Mm. Mm, Bill, Bill, Bill Burgers, Brill, Bill, Brill, like brilliant, like he Bill oh, does a great, brill. Bill does a great job. <laughs> it's Brill, Bill. It's just called Brill. Bill does a great job. <laughs> There's a sequel, <laughs> Kill Bill, Bob the Builder, Bob oh. the Kill Builder. Oh no, yeah. All right, Krill, Kill Krill, Kill Bill the Krill, Will and Bill the Krill from Happy Feet. <laughs> yes. Kill Bill the Krill from Happy Feet. Man, they were the best part of that movie. I haven't thought about Happy Feet 2 in months. Mm. I've thought about Happy Feet, mm. but Happy Feet 2 hasn't crossed my mind at all, except for the random times we've been like sitting in the lounge and I've gone, I'm the poofin' and I've got the poof. <laughs> so I have thought about Happy Feet 2. Yeah. Almost every day. <laughs> Kill Silly Billy. It's the sequel to Kill Kelly Billy. All right, I'm done with these. And that draws continue our franchise to close. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Once again. It's we- hard. No, listen, it's hard when there's... Hey, so- no, shut up. When there's already like a bunch of legitimate pitches out there for the series. Yeah. Yes. That we're um, not going to talk about, apparently. <laughs> who would you have cast as Bill? Um, oh, I thought it was fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because originally Warren Beatty was was written with Warren Beatty in mind, but of course he um, that's the la la. He read the wrong right? script. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he uh, he turned it down. The character was originally like a retired James Bond kind of character, mm. and um, he turned it down and said you should give it to David Carradine, mm. and he did. And he and the character was kind of molded around him because he, he was like he, he was in a lot of kung fu films, yeah. but, and so it was it was kind of made to this like kung fu retired cowboy kind of thing. Um, but yeah, speaking of David Carradine, mm-hmm. do we you know is it disrespectful to talk about the circumstances of his death? Because um, I feel like you can't talk about him well, without it. I I think you can talk about Kill Bill with it. <laughs> <him. laughs> without it, what what are you going to bring up by talking about this? No, you know what. If you were making a movie about David Carradine's death, what would you call it? Oh, you've got a plan, haven't you? Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, yeah, David Carradine died from autoerotic asphyxiation which uh, is in the, a hotel room in Thailand. Which is the same way that Mulder and the X-Files will die, according to the episode, when they meet a guy who can tell you how you're going to die. <laughs> funny. That's not that funny. Um... Yeah, so basically when you choke yourself while you masturbate. 
gives right. you gives why you, are we going here just <laughs> so gives, unnecessary gives, well look okay if any of our fans out there they were like they talked about Kill Bull but they didn't talk about David Carradine <laughs> any of our fans out there you know give yourself a bit of a you know a chokey when you're All right. doing, doing the chokey should we should no, we, no I'm giving you a PSA should we wrap this just up just look be careful alright smells have, like cat food all of a sudden have a friend it's very umami all of a sudden. You need to have. I think this is like when you when if you're Do you doing this that? kind of thing, you need to. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to change the subject. No, I don't. About I'm not why even your room smells to. like smells like cat food. Do you smell it? It's your room, dude. But it just came out of nowhere all of a sudden. Well, I don't know. Maybe the. Maybe I can't it, smell anything. Maybe our flatmate gave it the cat cat food. Probably this is the most reasonable. Anyway, what I'm saying is, if you into autoerotic asphyxiation, you need to have a friend who you're okay with seeing you naked, and. <laughs> You know, be like, dude, I'm going to do it. If you don't hear from me in 20 minutes, come around to my house, put some clothes on me, write a suicide note, and like, don't tell people I was jerking off. I'm not comfortable with anyone seeing me naked, so I just probably won't auto erotic asphyxiate myself. Well, obviously, that's the safest thing to do, but you know, everyone's got their kinks, and I'm not going to shame. Do you, where, did that come out of nowhere? AJ, I can't smell anything. You can't? Okay, good. Just me then. I just have a brain tumour. Fine. It's real strong on this side of the room. Well, it's not at all strong on this side of the room. It's very umami. All right, let's 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 do franchise roulette. All right. Do you want me to pull up a random number? Yep. So Rich is going to give me a number and we have a Google Doc of... Da, 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 um, 315 franchises, film franchises... And we're going to roll a number, and whatever number it is, is the one we're going to watch next, friend, next fortnight. All right. It's a big one. 257. 257 is... Better be fucking two film franchises. It's been split. It's one film being split, isn't it? It's not one film being split, but it is, it is a two film franchise. What? What are you looking at? It's not my fault. You're the one who, who rolled the number. Do yeah, you know no, but these shouldn't even be on the list because they're not even fucking friends. Do you know what's funny is the one above it is Death Note. Imagine if we got Death Note. Oh, the, Death Note. the new one just came out. I watched no, it two nights ago. We're not doing Death Note, Richard. We're doing Monsters Inc. slash University. <laughs> this is the, the second year is very much of, of you know, what'll happen in the, in the third year. We'll get no two, two film franchises. That'll yeah. be what happens. I just I have nothing to say. I'm like, I'm not excited. Why? They're good movies. Yeah, but whatever. I, you, it looks like you're mad at me. <laughs> I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, but I don't know. What was the number? 257, yeah. right? Yep. Monsters, Inc. Monsters University. Yeah. Well, I hope you're excited, listener. We tried to put a good show on for you here. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, it's just always annoying that it's like we end up not watching them <laughs> until like three three days past the due date, right? And then, and but like I feel guilty watching any other films in that time, oh. and then it's just like- and, then, and then we record and then like. If we just watch them this weekend, then it's like, oh, cool. We'll wait two weeks to get another one. Wait, are we behind schedule? Yeah. Are we really? We'll be about like three days. 
Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Like the, the franchise, the Fortnite I part. I begged you to watch Kill Bill two weeks ago. <laughs> I said, oh, it was like a Saturday night. You know, we had nothing to do. It was like seven o'clock. And I was like, should we watch Kill Bill? And you're like, oh, no, nah, dude, I'm not feeling it tonight. Wasn't that with Nymphomaniac? No. Nah. I don't remember doing it. I think we did it with both. No, we didn't. We couldn't do it with Kill Bill because we were busy. We, were, we had 48 hours on and stuff. No, the weekend before. Because uh, I knew look, I knew it was coming well, out. Well, tell you what, we can watch Monsters Inc. right now. If you want. <laughs> Get a head start. I'd love to. All right, thank you very much for listening. If you like this, check out Cole Popter on all the other platforms. I updated the website. The website's updated for the first time in a year. If you go there, it is now designed so it never has to be updated again. Um, That's basically so we can keep the domain name. Um, Or we always had the domain name, but just in case, like, I don't want someone else to come up with this sweet name for their vlog company and then be like, more popular yeah so we've got the website so yeah. even if you get more popular than us if you, you can have the gmail coltpopshire.com it'll be us yeah. <laughs> so but check that out if you want at gmail.com will be them no I don't know what happens with that email eh? well no if, if this other this hypothetical yeah yeah people um, but yeah, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Please rate and review us on iTunes. That's how you get people seeing that we exist. Any any final words? Richard? How do I look? Uh, goodbye, everybody. Those are Kill Bill reference. This is, that's his last words. Oh, right. So, what did she say? Uh, she says, you look like you're ready. Yeah, you do. You look like you're ready, Richard. Thanks. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Fucking wasting my reference. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.